Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Froke, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. How we doing? Armand, we got a great guest today. I'm in a good mood. All right. Today, we have Ken Amar, the number one all-time top SDR at Outreach.io. Huge sales organization. He's a team lead right now, and he has onboarded over 80 SDRs at Outreach, and he has a ton of tactical advice. Nick, why should people listen? So Ken has some really controversial but extremely effective strategies from getting responses from customers. If you want to learn how to get more responses and have more conversations from from your prospects, this one is a must listen. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one, roll it. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. If you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Your Zoom Info Actionable Insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there, in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30MPC 90-Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with RocketReach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes.
Ken, welcome to 30 Minutes to President's Club. You know that we start every single show with three actionable tips from every guest. So let's get into your three. What's number one? The double tap play. 80% of your sales accepted leads come from 20% of your prospects. Call a prospect. They don't pick up. Call them back again with that exact same number. Okay. Give me two. Awesome. Number two, escalation play. If someone opens your email, you can't get them on the phone. Send them a screenshot of the opens and the email history between you and the prospect. Okay, cool. Round us out. Give me number three, please. Number three, the team prospecting play. Uh, Leverage your managers and your account executives. Send a first email, CC your manager and the account executive, and have them bump it on your behalf. Let's talk about number one. So the dreaded double dial-in, right? So can you tell us through what that sounds like, how that works? Does it piss people off? Awesome. It's actually a tip I got from one of my BDRs who just joined the team from um, CrowdStrike. And uh, so he mentioned like, hey, when you get a phone call from an area code or phone number you don't know, you're very like, you're not going to pick up the phone, right? But if you get a second call from that same number, you're likely to expect, hey, this might be important. I'll pick up, right? We've been doing this all of this month. No one has ever said, hey, you called me twice. In fact, we've seen our connect rates go up like 10 to 15%. I guess my fear around that is people are going to get mad at me. Like, why are you calling me so much? But you haven't had people be upset with you. And even if they get upset, right, like you can work with that, right? You can't work with radio silence. You can say, oh, hey, can I at least explain to you why I'm being so persistent? Yeah. And then you can go right into it. No, it's so interesting because, I, you know, I'll get telemarketer calls all day and I just see these random numbers in these area codes. I even see a bunch of red ones on my phone right now. But then every time someone calls me twice, I'm like, okay, it's probably somebody who I told to call me. And it usually is, but every once in a while it's not. And that's brilliant. I want to go back to the thing you were talking about taking a screenshot of like your opens and your persistence. It sounds like that's something you're doing on a couple of these different tips. Can you talk about like what that strategy is and how you're leveraging it in different ways? Definitely. Yeah. So when I was an SDR at Outreach, like the number one problem I'd have, like my emails get opened like dozens of times, right? And I call them, I call them and they'd never pick up, right? And then I figured I use this tool called Cloud App. You can like screenshot a bunch of different things. And I'll send a screenshot of that with a couple arrows saying, hey, I noticed you opened my email, like, you know, 20 plus times, you might have forwarded it across the organization. That's awesome to see. Like, I've given you a couple of calls, but you haven't picked up. I just like to start that dialogue. I guess, again, my, my natural inclination is to be like, ooh, are they going to be like, your big brother, that's creepy, that's weird. You call me six times in a row. You're taking screenshots of the fact that I opened an email. What's the general reaction? And are you having to overcome any like, whoa, big brother stuff? 100%. I'm honestly, it's like a 50-50 play, the screenshot play, right? Yeah. But you can work with a response. At the very bare minimum, someone's going to respond. Like Armand, for example, will respond, hey, man, like that's really creepy. But in his signature, I'll have his cell phone. And even if I don't get him that time, somewhere down the line, I'll get him. So I'm an outreach customer, and there are so many interesting insights you can see. And one of the things you see is the eyeball bubble. And I've seen people who they've looked at my email literally 30 plus times. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I don't know what to say. And so the other thing that we talked about on the prep call is oftentimes, like the moment you see that, are you just calling them right away? Or when someone replies, do you pick up the phone right away? Can you walk us through that? I'm not actually like oftentimes calling through my tasks. I'm sorting them by engagement. I'm actually calling through the activity feed. Anytime someone opened my email, like both as a rep, now as a manager, I always coach my team, hey, drop whatever you're doing and call them. Just pick up the phone and call them. They're most likely opening that um, email up on their cell phone. They're in the bathroom. They're on a walk somewhere. They'll definitely pick up. You got to strike when the iron's hot. Well, 
Armand, this makes me think of the episode that we did with Ryan Reichert about going after the people who have shown engagement. And like you can track things like opened email, phone number work. And you almost want to start your prospecting on the channels that you know are going to work. Like there's nothing worse than hammering a phone number 12 times that it turns out is just going to a voicemail box that's not monitored. So it sounds like you're doing something similar, Ken. Definitely. How do you do it without letting that ruin your time blocks? Because I'm sure you teach your SDRs to do a full dial blitz for an hour long, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're doing these dial blitzes with data from outreach, the highest time to connect, right? Generally, that's kind of early in the morning or late in the afternoon. And in between, they're sequencing, sending out emails and doing account research, right? But the number one most important like KPI, at least in my book, is dials. Everyone on LinkedIn saying, hey, the phone is dead. And I love seeing that. I press like, I comment, I share all that stuff. The more people that think that, the less people are picking up the phones and dialing. You're doing all these unconventional things. Can you talk about some of the other channels that you're going after? Oh, man, I might get in trouble for saying this, but uh, texting, it can backfire, right? But you want to start building that relationship. And more often than not, it worked so much that it's worth it, in my opinion. Like you won't do a mass text blast to, all right, here are my 200 prospects, send the first text to everybody. You're typically following up after a call. Is that right? Exactly. And it's not just to any call. Like, you know, I'm a big believer. I mean, like 20% of your prospects will produce 80% of your results, right? These are the most high value targets, right? The ones, you know, if they pick up the phone, you know, you can get a meeting, you know, you can get a sales accepted lead on. See, that's not creepy in my opinion. If you connect with somebody, if I get on the phone with somebody and I say, yo, I got to run, shoot me a text, right? I actually welcome that. And so if somebody says, yo, I'm in a meeting, I got to call you back. You can actually save them some time by saying, hey, I'm actually just going to text you instead. What I'd be really curious to do is I want to break down some of your cold call stuff because I know you have some really interesting strategies there. Would you mind going through us like cradle to grave through a cold call if we break it down piece by piece? We've done a couple different styles on uh, cold calls. Uh, right now, we're currently using, hey, like, thank you so much for taking my call, right? Because we're in the middle of this pandemic, uh, because we have to lead with empathy. Prior to that, we were using, hey, did I catch you at a bad time? Uh, if the prospect said no or yes, we'd say, okay, well, no worries. I'll be super brief. Here's why I'm calling, right? And we're still using that. A lot of our messaging on the phones has had to change. We've had to adapt on the fly because of the coronavirus pandemic. One of the things that you were telling me earlier is you, you were talking about uh, you pick up the phone, and you'd say, hey, it's a sales call, right? Do you still use that? 100%. You got to be upfront with them, right? And like the one unique position about outreach is that we sell to sales leaders. Sales leaders love someone who's just like really upfront, can challenge them a little bit. So can I hear what this sounds like? Can we have Armand pretend to be the sales leader and, and maybe don't rip Ken too much, Armand, but... I really want to hear what comes out of your mouth when the phone's picked up and how you would go about booking a meeting. Ring, ring. Hey, this is Armand. Hey, Armand. This is Ken with Outreach. Uh, am I catching the bad time there? Uh, Sort of. What's going on? Awesome. Well, do you have a quick 30 seconds for me to explain why I'm calling you? I suppose I can entertain that. Uh, how can I help you? Perfect. Well, hey, I'm actually reaching out to you right now because, you know, I noticed you're hiring for SDRs and uh, SMB account executives over at Carta. They're tasked with generating pipeline, specifically in the SMB tech space. I'd love to show you how we're working with competitors in your space like X, Y, and Z to help produce results in pipeline. You available for a quick chat tomorrow at three o'clock? You know, honestly, like everyone, everyone tells me like they're going to help me get a million more deals in my pipe, right? So I, I need a little bit more than that. Like what, what the heck do you guys do? So really high level, we help your team sell more. I'm curious, Armand, if I was to sit down with one of your reps today, what would you say their biggest struggle day to day is? 
Uh, geez, I'm like hounding them to hit the phones more than they do. They got a lot of call hesitation. Oh man, I, I totally understand that. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, like you know, I, I don't think activity is everything, but uh, at the same time, like if you can't do twenty five dollars a day minimum, then you know, it, how, how can you call yourself a salesperson, right? I, I oftentimes find that there's a phone hesitation behind. Uh, rep selling in this age where they think cold calling is dead. And I, I happen to believe that people should continue hitting the phones. Definitely. And w- what's your top rep doing differently? I think he's hitting the phones. He's hitting phones. Well, listen, that's actually exactly why I'm reaching out to you right now, Armand. Um, if you have 30 minutes tomorrow, I'd like to walk you through how outreach can help um, increase the activities of your reps and in turn help generate more pipeline for you and your team. How's tomorrow at three look? You know, I, I'm just swamp, man. Could you Could you send me an email by chance? Definitely. And, you know, I got to be upfront with you there, Armand. You know, we're both in sales and we know that send me an email is a very common objection we get. Um, It seems like more activities, more connect rates. um, That's kind of an area of importance for you and your team, right? Yeah, it it is. It's just uh, I'm just a busy guy. And I totally understand that. But, you know, I'm curious if we could, you know, increase the output of activities by 30 percent and kind of show you when the best time of day to connect with prospects is. Are you really telling me that's not worth like 20, 25 minutes on your calendar tomorrow? All righty, man. I'll, I'll give you the meeting. Well done, man. Dude, the, the persistence is, is amazing. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Armand's a tough customer. I would hate cold calling him. I love doing call teardowns. A couple things to point out is like that you can hear the tenacity in your voice. You're not this timid, cold caller. The other thing is when you jumped into your value prop, you were just talking about me. You weren't saying outreach is a solution to do X, Y, and Z. You say, hey... I noticed that you're hiring SCRs and SMBAEs at Carta and you did your research and you basically just described a problem that I'm having. And then you just, just said that you're going to solve that problem for me, which is exactly how it should be. One thing Ken did that it seems really basic, and I think a lot of reps know this, but there are some that don't, is he gave, he made it really easy for Armand to book some time. He said, how's tomorrow at three? Instead of saying, hey, when's the best time for you? You're giving him a softball. Tomorrow at three? Sure. Okay, boom. I can get that on your calendar. What's the best email address for you? As opposed to forcing him to think and do more work, you're already an interruption. So that's a basic tip, but offering that time slot is something that I think reduces some of the friction on the cold call. If you were to offer someone like a three o'clock tomorrow or four o'clock tomorrow, they're going to think on both of those and not like, no, I don't want to meet tomorrow. Ken, I kind of want to dig into something here that you were talking about on the prep call, and it's sequencing 2.0. And it's this idea of, I think a lot of us talk about sequence and cadence related to net new prospecting, but you're doing it for things like lost opportunities, rejections that you've gotten in the past, et cetera. Can you talk about some of the other areas that you're building out a contact strategy on and what that looks like tactically? Definitely. And so like the point of any sales engagement platform is to get replies as fast as possible. Right. And what I've noticed like across like a lot of customers and a lot of other SCR teams, um, they'll get, Hey, I'm not interested. Hey, take me off your list. Right? And then most SDRs will leave that be and they won't take action on that. Right. Here, what we do at Outreach, um, we have a template for, hey, I know I'm not interested. Right. We'll um, have a template to counteract that. And then we'll have what's called a reply follow up sequence. Over half of our uh, meetings actually come from that sequence alone. Anytime someone takes the time to respond to you, you've kind of opened a dialogue and you can work with that. Gotcha. And what are you saying? The actual cadence itself is just bumps of that original message, right? Because that original message where you put in the time and the effort and the personalization, like for example, if you responded to me, Armand, and said, hey, no, I'm not interested. 
I can kind of reiterate, hey, well, I'm, I'm curious. Your SDRs and SMBAs that you're hiring have these listed responsibilities. Here's how we fit in and help your team generate more pipeline and ultimately more revenue for your team. And then the bumps would be like, hey, any thoughts on this? Would love a quick reply when you get a chance and so on. So you're also doing this on confirming meetings we were talking about. What's that look like? Oh, man, like so many SDRs think once they get a meeting on the books, like their job is done, right? And like it, it's the biggest, easiest area of, of opportunity for a lot of SDR teams. Really just locking down the meeting. It's a text message or an email, right? And you CC the account executive that they're going to meet with. Right. We've actually started taking it a step further. What we've started implementing that's seen like a really significant increase in uh, meetings being held is sending just a small like $5, $10 coffee gift card ahead of the meeting. Hey, really looking forward to meeting with you tomorrow at nine. Here's a coffee gift card. Enjoy some coffee on us. It's worked really well. I might steal that. Like, and I might change the language to be, I'm super excited for the meeting and I want you to be too. So here's another 200 milligrams of caffeine to really get you rocking. You'll use sequences for lost opportunities. Can you talk about what that sounds like? Oh, man, lost opportunities are like gold, right? Lowest hanging fruit. Like, I mean, we're all in, in sales here. We're not going to win all the time, right? In fact, we lose a lot, right? And a lot of the reasons why we lose are mostly because of lack of follow-up or um, just bad timing. And so, like, when you have a sequence for lost opportunities, um, it's really simple. The first email is based off of the closed lost re-engagement instruction. Let's say, for example, I went after the Houston Rockets, right, which we're actively prospecting. Um, it was bad timing last time we met because the uh, NBA season got canceled. I could send them an email now and say, hey, Gretchen, thanks so much for um, taking my email. I actually noticed, you know, we were in talks with you guys about six months ago and the timing wasn't right. I'd love to pick up that conversation. When we last met, you were interested in X, Y, and Z. And these are all coming from the opportunity notes from the account executive. I kind of like the thing where you're reiterating, hey, when we last spoke, this is what you were interested in. Because frankly, Gretchen's probably got 40 different things that are on her plate. And again, you're making it one step easier for her. You're doing the work for the customer and saying, here's the 30 second quip of, of why we were even talking in the first place, as opposed to the lazy way an SDR could do it, which is, hey, bubbling this up. We were talking six months ago. Ready to resume this? One thing that we haven't gone through in a lot of other interviews, Ken, is what is the actual email structure look like? So when you're having SDRs write cold emails, you often see like these massive, massive books that are being written. And then you see other ones that are like super short and unprofessional. How do you coach your team to write good emails? We kind of base our emails off of this uh, account research, right? We have different plays to run, kind of like in football. You want to choose the best play for that best prospect, right? Like hiring for SDRs and account executives, that's like a bread and butter play of ours, right? Sometimes what we'll do, um, if we can't really get a ton of dirt, for like the first email, we'll go in, we'll request a demo, and then we'll time how long it takes for that um, company to get back to us. Yeah, it's a really high performing thing. We have a template built out. Hey, like we requested a demo on your website. Um, it took 48 hours for your reps to get back to us. We can cut that down to two minutes. Are you available to chat? And then what about the actual length of the email? Anything to be had around like the structure? Is it leading with context? Is it ending with tailoring? How do you weave that into your email? Definitely. So like the first thing would be like the hook, right? Something that gets the prospect's attention. Usually like, for example, like something we all do fall to, I guess, is like a local school or a local team, right? But then kind of tying that to the value prompt. Hey, I noticed on LinkedIn, Armand, that um, you're the director of sales. You've grown revenue 200% in the last two years. That's awesome. I did actually do some research and notice some of your responsibilities include X, Y, and Z. Insert value prop at the very bottom. Here's how we help. 
A lot of people will either lead with my company does X or they wait to hit the context button at the end. And the bottom line is at the beginning of a cold call, you have 15 seconds to get someone to sit up in their chair. Otherwise, you've lost them. And the same thing goes for a cold email is if you don't get them after that first line, it's done. And so you've got to front load your context. That's why the emails we structure, they're always context value ask, context value ask. And you did that in your cold call too. Awesome. What about subject lines? What are you guys doing around subject lines, Ken? So our subject lines contain context, right? For example, like Armand, quick LinkedIn sales and app search, we'd see that Bob and Fred just joined these companies as SCRs, right? If we put Bob, comma, Fred, dot, 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 Armand's like boss, like Mary, for example, right? Question mark. That's going to get his attention because he knows Bob, he knows Fred, and he knows Mary. So just really anything that's super contextual to the prospect itself. I've seen subject lines like double your pipeline by 10%. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is a marketing or an advertising email. This is horrible. But if someone sends like, hey, Armand, saw you're hiring four SDRs as a subject line, I'm going to open it. I mean, Ken's even going one level further. I think he's able to see, Armand, you just hired these two SDRs, Bob and Frank, and he's putting their names in the subject line. Let's say you have a 14 touch drip. And let's say we're just focusing on emails right now. How often do you just bubble back the same subject line versus switch it up to something that might say just called or some sort of breakup email? Definitely. So our first two bumps, this is for the Goju sequence, by the way, our highest performing outbound sequence. The first two bumps are just RE subject line, RE subject line again, right? And then the first new email chain is our best performing template. And so we regularly audit our templates, the highest performing one will be that, that new email chain. So I want to ask about the breakup email because you mentioned it, Armand, because I've never sent a breakup email in my life. Part of the reason that I don't send it is I feel like it it gives the customer, you're saying, hey, I'm going to stop reaching out. What's actually in that email if you're sending it and where we go from there? All right. So very controversial opinion. All right. Oh, God. All the LinkedIn thought leaders are not going to like me for saying this, but I love breakup emails. Yeah. Okay both as an SDR and as an SDR manager. Uh, I think one of my most favorite emails was just a frowny face. And that's it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I love that. People would open that and like, why? But you got to think at this point, like they've been through a whole cold outbound sequence, 16 steps over 31 days, and they haven't responded, right? The whole point is just to get a response, right? Because you can work with that. You can't work with silence. Are you doing like the colon and the ellipses or are you doing an emoji? The colon and the ellipses. Oh, I like it. So the folks who are on the super old Androids can still see it. That's so funny. Dude, that's really creative. One thing that, that we would do is we would do the breakup email. I got rid of like all those ridiculous alligator emails. I actually believe it works because it's a push away. There are a lot of people who are just on that cusp of saying yes. But it's not enough to get them to say yes. But when you say the door is closed, they're like, all right, fine. I'll take the meeting here. Uh, and then one thing we'll do is we'll send one more email after the breakup email that seems really personalized, where we'll say like, by the way, I was actually just thinking about our conversation. Like, I never even stopped to ask, are you the right person who manages this stuff? And that email is the highest response email in our whole sequence. 100%. Like, uh, we have like a sequence just for referrals. And we know it's the right person, but we'll ask. Are you the right person? Because any sales leader will be like, yes, I am the right person. We've talked a lot about a lot of good habits out there, but there's one thing that oftentimes happens in most sales orgs that you just hit on is people start to develop bad habits. And so if there was one thing that every sales rep on every sales floor needed to drop 
today and stop doing immediately to be more successful, what would that be? I feel like a lot of sales reps aren't like um, super efficient in their day. It's a really like simple thing, but like um, I'll see some of my, my uh, more tenured SDRs. Um, they'll do a lot of like non-selling activities, like trainings and like syncs with other SDRs to teach them. Um, your calendar is like your paycheck. Start blocking off your calendar early. Start like doing a mandatory one hour a day just for one specific thing, right? Hyper-focus and you'll get great results. Sweet. Alrighty, folks, everybody stay tuned for a 60-second recap email coming up soon. Cheers. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Woodpecker. When you're sending a sales email, you generally want to avoid putting punctuation in the subject line. If you've got an exclamation point, it makes it seem like you're shouting at them. Look at this amazing offer. And a question mark just smells salesy. So avoid punctuation. Now, if you want to steal my full sales cadence from my friends at Woodpecker, there's a link in the show notes for you to go get it and try it for free. Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. Your top four takeaways from the episode with Kenamar include number one, double tap the phones. If you call someone once they don't answer, call them again. They're going to think that it's someone that's actually calling them for something important. Number two, the moment you see someone reply, call them. Don't write some massive, long, drawn out email response. Pick up the phone. They're already looking at your email. Number three, use a cadence for everything. Replies, opportunities, objections. Never use your own mind to think through what the next step is. Use a cadence for that. And then number four, if you see somebody opening your emails, just call it out. It's okay to be a little bit human. Nick, how can people help us out? Look, if you've listened this far into the episode, I, I think that means you're enjoying the content from 30 Minutes to President's Club. The number one way that you can help us out is giving us a subscribe on iTunes. We don't care about anything else. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll get more great content from us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. If you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, 
when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes.